Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of the Just Browsing Podcast. I am your co-host, Zach, back again with Matt today. And uh, welcome into the show. We're going to be doing a little college football uh, preview discussion today. Preview slash live look in yeah, as week yeah. zero has, has started. I was going to say, we're recording this on uh, Saturday, what is it, the, the 26th. 26th of August, which is week zero. We're currently watching Notre Dame and Navy play, so... College football is officially back. Um, next week, obviously, week one will be kind of the real official uh, start of college football. But it's technically back, and football is back in our lives, and it actually matters, unlike the right. preseason games, which I have not been which paying attention to. The Broncos NFL, play so. tonight, so I'll probably end up watching that in between college games just to see all the roster spots that are opening up or not opening up. Yeah, and my uh, my New Mexico State Aggies, my alumni um, – play at 5 p.m. Mountain against UMass for their opening game. First season in Conference USA. They have been really since I went there because they were whack. Everything at New Mexico State was the whack. And then the foot, just football bounced around to a couple different places. They were like Sun Belt, Sun Belt. And then they went to Independent. Yeah, and then they were independent. And they've actually been independent, I think, for the past two or three. Couple, yeah, two least. or three seasons. And then they announced it last year. I think, or maybe even the year before, but this season is the first season they're actually starting in Conference USA. So I'm kind of encouraged that they'll be a little bit more competitive against some of those Conference USA teams. Well, they won a bowl um, game last they, year. Yeah, they won a bowl game last year against Bowling Green, I believe it was. So, um, yeah, things are looking up for uh, New Mexico State football, so pretty excited to watch that game tonight. But, yeah, college football is back. We're excited. Um, I think one of the main things we, we wanted to kind of cover today, I mean, it'll just be a – uh, a college football episode through and through. We'll, we'll cover a bunch of different stuff. But I think one of the things we really wanted to touch on was, like, all of this crazy conference right. realignment shit that's been let's be, let's be honest. Like, I'm a huge CU fan, so I follow CU. I know CU. But I don't follow anybody else really as far as their player names go, their outlook on their season. You know, I really don't follow it because there's too many. It's, what, 138 colleges yeah. in, in FBS, and it's like – It's too much You to never know. If, to, yeah. if Caleb Williams gets hurt for USC, they could go from a college football playoff contender to middle of the pack to, wow, you guys suck without Caleb Williams. So it's yep. like you can't ever get a read on college football. I mean, as a CU fan – Everyone's like, well, you guys were 1-11 last year. And I'm like, right. But there's like eight kids from last year's team still on the roster. <laughs> not a single – well, one coach, but he's not necessarily coaching. He's more of uh, the director of recruiting still in the program. And it's like, so how can you gauge what CU's going to do? Like, you can look at the schedule and be like, it's really fucking – argue it's probably the hardest first five games of the season for a new coach and a new team. I mean, it's pretty much a whole new program. Seems but like it's it. like, yeah. yeah. How do you gauge how college football is going to be? Colorado could go into TCU next weekend and upset them and like blow them out, and everyone's like, "Holy shit, maybe Colorado's legit." It's like, well, but maybe TCU just sucks because they lost everybody. Like, right. we also just watched them get romped sixty-five to seven in the national championship game. Yeah. So it's like, how do you gauge college football? It's like, well, you can't really gauge college football till seven, eight weeks into the That's season. What I was just about to say is, I think the same thing ring, rings true for pro football as well. Like. I try and not get too excited about making any bold predictions in either college or pro football until we're like week seven or eight. Because it's I like think- until that, until you've seen these teams, especially in college, if, until you've seen some of these top-ranked teams go up against some stiff competition, 
and maybe play in some close games and see what kind of grit they have and like whether they can overcome some adversity right. and stuff. You don't really know what it is you're dealing with. You right. know, you're like, okay, all these preseason rankings, some of it has to do with how these schools performed last season. Some of it, some of it has to do with like their recruitment class this year, new coaching staffs, whatever it may be, right. transfer kids. Or just the name of the school. Like- yeah, but – when it really comes down to them playing other schools of equal talent and size, what do they look like? Do they look like shit immediately? Right. Or you know, or do they prove that they're really tough and scrappy and can beat teams that are ranked ahead of well, them? Then you and then the rankings start shifting more dramatically, right. you know, and you're like, Okay, now we have a better idea of and who college, the top five to eight. College are, is know? really hard to gauge for the first three to four weeks because most schools end up playing the FCS opponents or yeah, you know, an Alabama because you know I'll use New Mexico State as an example. They've played Alabama at least two times, I think, in the last four or five years. Mm-hmm. So it's like Alabama's like, "Hey, New Mexico State, we'll give you a million dollars to come right. to Tuscaloosa and just get to your lose ass whooped." Fifty-four, or nothing. Yeah. And New Mexico State's like a million dollars is a long way for our program. Like in yeah. three years, we'll be a you know they won a bowl last year, so mm-hmm. it's like you know that million dollars ends up helping, but it's like. Okay, Alabama, you whooped up on Austin P, and now you're <laughs> right. beating New Mexico State. But then in week four, it's like, oh, you play at LSU. Right. Like, right. okay, well, we're going to see what you're about then mm-hmm. and not in these first three weeks. Yeah, because, like, you know, for everyone in the country watching, it's like, well, I don't know. How, how do you gauge how good Bama is against Austin P? You know, it's like right. – 56 nothing is like well you know would any other top 25 team had beaten austin p 56 nothing you know it's like probably probably it's like you don't really know how good that team's going to be until they play lsu or auburn or ohio state or whoever it is speaking of like that with the whole college football playoff because it's only four teams now but they're moving it to 12 do you think that's going to shift the schedule because strength of schedule becomes a conversation when you have Michigan and Ohio State, who are both undefeated going into that rivalry game. Mm-hmm. And it's like, well, whoever wins that goes to the Big Ten championship game and will probably go to the college football playoff, but does that eliminate the loser of that game, even if that's their only loss? It's like, well, I think if you're playing the – like Michigan plays East Carolina next week, and I think East Carolina didn't have a bad season last year, but it's like it's Michigan who's number two against East right. Carolina. Yeah. You go, you should probably beat them by 28. Yeah. Like that would be a good – showing for Michigan, but it's like, how does that weigh on your strength of schedule? Because what if you played a top 25 team week one and you beat them pretty good? That makes your resume look better. Right. right. And it's like people like, I think, I can't remember which coach they interviewed and they're like, wouldn't you want to play a tougher schedule? And they go, well, we need to get wins. Like, we need to keep a clean schedule. And like, if you're in the SEC, you go, we're in the SEC, we're going to have a tough conference (laughs) schedule anyways. It's like, Right. right, but if you play three really bad teams and then you go straight in your conference play, like I say that makes your schedule weaker. Even if you're just playing the sec, like the sec is going to beat each other up. There's no ties mm-hmm. in college football. Mm-hmm. So there's always going to be a winner and a loser. And it's like, yeah, cause maybe, of- maybe throw in a big 10 opponent, right. you know, every other right. year. I'm not saying you got to do it every year, but it's like, yeah, maybe make your schedule tougher on you because yeah. it's going to make you a better team overall. And it's going to go, Hey, we lost one game, but look at the rest of our schedule, and that one game we lost to is the undefeated Georgia Bulldogs who just won right. the SEC championship game. I think we yeah. you know, we earned that fourth spot. It's a good point because it's if you're really if you're not watching the games and you're just looking at wins and losses, you know, a team could come into the season three and zero to start the year. 
But maybe those first three games were against teams that had no chance of beating right. them, you know? So it's like, unless you're really looking at who the opponents are, watching those games. And then the real, the real uh, indicators also come in when one of those big schools plays an Austin P or an Appalachian State or whatever, and they don't win by 28 or 35. You know, they like scrape by by 7 or 14, and then you're like, huh. We need to take a serious look at Ohio State or Bama or whoever it is, you know, Georgia, and be like, are they really as good as we thought they were if they eked by this team that they should have beat by 35 points? So, like, a prime example, Ohio State opens up with Indiana, which I believe is considered a conference game. Um, I mean, it better be because they're in the same division in the Big Ten. But then they play Youngstown State and Western Kentucky. Yeah. So it's like – I mean, on Ohio State's schedule, they, they're at number 13 Notre Dame in week four. Then they're home against Penn State in week like eight, at Wisconsin the following week, and then at Michigan to end the year. They have four ranked opponents on their schedule. Wouldn't you think throwing up a, well, Pac-12 team for this year, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. like a UCLA or somebody would make your schedule mm-hmm. just a little bit tougher on you and make it look yeah, better in case more you, impressive, yeah. you lose to Michigan? Right. Like – it just makes sense to me because then what happens if you're 11 or 12 and 0 going into the conference championship game? And you go, well, we're the number one ranked team in the the country. Why would we risk playing in a conference championship game? Right. When our undefeated season should guarantee us a spot, anyways. Mm-hmm. We're just going to skip the the call or the the conference championship game. Yeah. Some at some point a program's going to do that. So, real quickly before we dive into the conference realignment stuff and kind of start talking about schedules and whatnot i wanted to kind of touch on the ap top 25 for the preseason rankings um and i'll go through the whole list but we'll do just mainly the top five here just so everyone kind of has an idea because top 10 because top 10 is probably a yeah because i was just looking at this like literally yesterday i hadn't paid much attention until you know this weekend rolled around and it's actually college football is actually back so Um, The preseason rankings, the AP top 25, coming in at number one is Georgia. Um, Seems like a pretty obvious choice there. Michigan at number two, Ohio State number three, Bama four, LSU five, USC six, Penn State seven, Florida State eight, Clemson nine, and coming in at number 10 is Washington. Um. Should we run through the rest of the list too? I mean, yeah, you just might as well. So, yeah, okay, so – 11 is Texas, 12 is Tennessee, 13 is Notre Dame, who's playing right now against Navy and is up big. Uh, 14 is Utah, 15 is Oregon, 16 Kansas State, 17 TCU, 18 Oregon State, 19 Wisconsin, 20 OU, 20 UNC, 22 Ole Miss. Oklahoma, North Carolina, for those of you that don't know the college acronyms. Um, 22 Ole Miss, 23 Texas A&M, 24 Tulane, and 25 Iowa. And then everyone else after that is receiving votes. It's like 19 schools all right. receiving votes. So. Right. And I was kind of looking at It's always interesting to, to look at that list of like others receiving votes because they'll do that week to week too. And you can kind of see like, oh, you know, UCLA is kind of trending up. You know, if a couple like teams to, lose and they win a couple more games, big games, they might sneak in there, you know? I like to look at the coaches one for the – like I try and compare the coaches poll compared to – like the coaches poll has Alabama 3, Ohio State 4. Yeah, I noticed that. Um, most of the other rankings are, like, similar. Like, all the teams, I think, are the exact same. Like, they have Texas Tech in here, not Iowa. But other than that, everyone else is on the list. It's just different, you know, a different order. And then you go look and you see who's receiving votes in that one compared to 
the AP and it goes, okay, the coaches are thinking these teams will be more difficult to beat yeah. than, you know, the AP is. Because let's be real, the press doesn't know as much as the coaches do. That like, is kind of interesting to compare, like, the AP versus the coaches poll right. and kind of see, like, who's who's getting votes from which poll as to, like – because like you said, if the coaches are giving way more votes, like the number one – well, I guess they're on the list for the AP, but the number one um, school receiving other votes – in the coaches' poll is Iowa with 169, and they're not quite on right. that list. So, but, but they're then, also but number then on 25 the, on the AP. But poll, then on so. the AP poll, Texas Tech, who's not in the coaches' poll, is the number one leading for that one. Yeah. So yeah. it's not like the coaches in the AP aren't far off. They're not. But it's super interesting far off, to see yeah. the spread because you can see the points that each school gets. Mm-hmm. So it's interesting to see like 15 Oregon in the coaches' poll has 820 points. 15 Oregon and AP is 732. Then it goes to Kansas State. But in the coaches, it goes to TCU. So it's, like, interesting to just see where the coaches and AP think each. Then again, 18 and 19, what's the fucking difference? <laughs> right, right. There's, there's no fu- – and none of this matters until the end of the year. Let's be real. Yeah. Like, it, it doesn't matter now because we know nothing about what's going to happen. Mm-hmm. Yeah, any surprises or standouts as you, as you look at the AP list or the coaches poll? Um – Based off of how last year went, no. I think people will go, how is Tulane in there? But Tulane also went and won the Sugar Bowl against, mm. who was it, USC? I think they beat USC in the Sugar Bowl. Oh, okay. They, like, smoked I them. I think I maybe there was, actually was, like, watched a high-scoring game. game. Yeah. Let me make sure they didn't smoke them. But they definitely beat them last year, and I believe it was the Sugar Bowl. The Cotton Bowl. They beat USC Cotton in the Bowl. Cotton Bowl 46-45. So they didn't smoke them, but they were 12-2 and two last year. And they won the Cotton Bowl over USC, who everyone thought USC was going to be a playoff team. Yeah, that's a big bowl win. Especially for Tulane, who came out yeah. of fucking nowhere. I don't, I don't think anyone had them ranked last year. So, but, well, I wonder how they'll do this year. I mean, obviously, AP's got them in the top 25 just barely, but... I, I would say they're going to do pretty well. Their toughest game will be Week 2, home against Ole Miss. Other than that, it's Southern Miss, Nichols, UAB, Memphis, North Texas, Rice, East Carolina, Tulsa, FAU, and... Texas San Antonio, so oh, okay. They play one ranked opponent. Man, that that Ole Miss game is a real outlier in that list. Right, Ole Miss probably scheduled that three or four years ago. Going, we'll play Tulane as our like warm up game, and then Tulane's like, yeah, we're gonna have a pretty decent team coming into <laughs> or into that game. But yeah, dude, next year's college. I mean, let's be real. Texas and Oklahoma started this huge, monstrous snowball effect of college realignment. I was gonna say so. Do we want to have that be our segue into the conference realignment stuff? Because I was telling you right before we started recording, I was finding it hard to keep up with like who had moved where. So thankfully, ESPN's got a nice like listed right. out, article and I can keep of, like, up with the, the Power Fives because again, like I said, and no offense to any of the other smaller schools out there, but if you're in the Conference USA and you go undefeated and win, the likelihood of you bumping into the college football playoff means that you needed to have be a couple ranked opponents outside of Conference USA. Yeah. Like since Cincinnati basically like none. You know, we all wanted Cincinnati to win and like prove the world wrong, but it was like you kind of you, you saw what the big boys play in Power 5. Yeah. But um so yeah, I I follow the Power 5 moves, which like I said, Texas and Oklahoma going from the Big 12 to the SEC starting next year was the catapult into the chaos that became this summer. Yeah. I mean, yeah. it was – so they moved – they're moving to the SEC next year, which 
I think the SEC is like chomping their, like licking their lips, like look at these, look at these chumps coming over here thinking that they belong in the SEC. Like, well, I think to to kind of lead into the discussion too, we should say that most of these changes, some of them are occurring this year, and some of the non-power five conferences, but most of these big seismic shifts in the power five conferences are not occurring till next season right so this season is still going to look and same thing for the college football playoff it's going to look the same as it has last few seasons nothing nothing new this season enjoy college football still going to be four teams next year we're going to have the expanded college football playoff we're going to have all this conference realignment it's going to look way different way different (laughs) but it's going to be great i mean I'm I'm not a big Texas Oklahoma fan, obviously. I mean, being a CU fan and them playing in the Big Twelve for so long, I don't think they're going to do well in the SEC. I think it's going to be a real wake up call as far as the recruiting goes, because you got to remember, a lot of like alignments can become recruiting and market, you know, share. Sure, Texas and Oklahoma are the two biggest in the in the Big Twelve when it comes to their markets and the names and the brands that they bring. But now they're going to have to recruit against Alabama and LSU and not recruit against them in terms of, oh, they went to Alabama. That's all right. We'll get the next. No, they went to Alabama and, well, we're in a conference with Alabama. So now it's a double whammy of you didn't just lose a recruit. You lost a recruit to a conference foe. And how are you? Okay, you got Georgia. You got Florida. You got Alabama, LSU, Texas A&M, Texas, Oklahoma, Ole Miss. Like, Vanderbilt's the worst team in the SEC. Yeah. Other than that, it's like any year, any SEC team could be a top 10 team. Right. Just like that. It's also, and I, and I think, and you can correct me if I'm wrong on this, but I think most of the rationale on, on behalf of these schools for doing a lot of this shifting and conference realignment stuff is all because of like TV rights deals and all, all money. kinds of stuff like that. It's, it's, all, all, it's all because of the money. Because what I was going to say, I mean, obviously that's the explanation, but what I was going to say is like, Outside of that consideration, it's kind of surprising that a Texas or an Oklahoma would want to go to the U.S. or not to the USC to the SEC. To the USCs, um, considering how they have performed in recent years in their own conference. Well, you know, it's I, not like they've exactly been blowing other teams out of the water in their own conference before right. moving. But so their move was talked about in twenty twenty one. I think is when it was solidified. It's been like solidified for a yeah. few it's, it was solidified before the college football playoff expansion which i think if you really pay attention to it yeah oklahoma's been in the college football playoff and i think kansas state was one year too but it's you're always going to get the big 10 champion you're always going to get the sec champion mm-hmm. depending on how the acc is that champion usually will go and then it was a fight with the pac-12 champion and the second plate the runner-up in the sec mm-hmm. like those were almost your four guarantees. Like, right. the Big 12 and the Pac-12 were pretty much on the – they were the fringe. They were the 5-6 seed always every year, and it was right. like, damn, right. we just missed out because Bama's only loss was to Georgia, and it was in the SEC championship game, right? Like, right. obviously Bama's going to beat, you know, a two-loss Utah team. I or mean, Washington not always, but, yeah, but – Yeah, but presumably. Right. Because let's be real. The SEC has always destroyed the Pac-12 – but it's West Coast football against the pro-style power of the South. And it's like, there's a reason the SEC and the Big Ten have been, the, they're the two power conferences. Yep. Anyone that follows college football needs to know that those are the two power conferences. And Well, what about Clemson? It's like, they're a power team. 
Yeah, ACC's, but not, a, not the conference as a whole. The ACC's on the come up, I would say. They, yeah, but, I would say so. But now Florida State wants to leave. <clears throat> and then you're like, well, wait a second. Florida State now wants to leave? And now they're trying to find a loophole in their contract to get out of the ACC because the ACC owns rights to everybody in there until like 2036. Oh, God. But so they're, they have like legal team, a Florida State legal team, and then they hired an outside legal team to come in and try to find a loophole uh, in their like Bill of Rights or whatever. I, I don't know if it's a Bill of Rights, but some legal some, document. Some sort of contract right, they have, yeah. They're trying to find terms in there that they can skip out because I think they said if they were going to leave and there was no way that they could – you know, go through the loophole in a contract, it was going to cost like $120 million to leave. And no school can just fork over $120 million. Let's be real. Right. So can I ask you this? I don't, I don't know. I guess this was a little unclear to me, but you, you probably know. <laughs> With these schools shifting conferences, is this for all sports or just football we're talking about? So for the major – so every, every major shift right now has been all sports. Okay. Um. I'll use the, I mean, I'll use the Pac-12, Big 12. Like, we can talk more in depth on that because that's probably the biggest movement. The Pac-12 won't exist next year. Or if it does, it's going to ingest the Mountain West would be my guess. And then it'll be the Pac-West or whatever. I don't know. Yeah. So, no team that left the Pac-12 next year will represent the Pac-12 in any capacity. It'll all be Big 12 or Big 10. So, for all sports. For all sports. Okay. Now, the Big 12 was in talks with Gonzaga and UConn to bring them into mm-hmm. the Big 12 as well, but those two, they were only talking about bringing them in for basketball. Oh, okay. So, okay. then it would have been – because I don't, I don't know if Gonzaga has a football team or if they do. It's just, I've, like, really I never bad. hear about them, yeah. UConn's football team has been, like, the bottom five, one of those bottom mm-hmm. five teams yeah, that yeah. they always write about. They've been there, and so I think the Big 12 was kind of like – we want your basketball, right? But fuck your football, because <laughs> those and, two teams obviously historically are like power conferences for well, so, basketball. But so not. that's the thing too. Football is obviously the biggest breadwinner when it comes to all American sports. Let's be real. NFL, NCAA football; those are the two biggest football businesses in the world. Mm-hmm. So you don't want bad brands. So all these moves are based on, like, CU, Utah, Arizona, Arizona State are all moving to the Big 12 next year. The Big 12 also got UCF, Cincinnati, um, Houston, and who was the last one? Am I, BYU moved into the Big 12 this year. So that, that's a move that wasn't there last year, but those four moved in this year. Texas, Oklahoma leave next year. Colorado, Arizona, Utah, Arizona State will all be moving into the Big 12 next year to replace the two that are leaving, so two leaving, four more coming in, which will now make the Big 12, which you could argue was already the best basketball conference, an even better basketball conference, adding Arizona and Colorado um, and having Kansas, Kansas State, TCU, Baylor, Oklahoma State, like that's the best basketball. Cincinnati's good. That's a fucking hell of a basketball conference. That's a pretty damn good conference for basketball. Football is going to be. I, th- I think. I think the football will s- step its game up um, with the help of Deion Sanders at Colorado. I think a lot more eyes will be drawn to the Big Twelve next year. So I think that conference will just keep elevating itself, but it's. 
as far as football goes, the SEC and the Big Ten are still your two fucking powerhouses. Mm-hmm. I mean, you got the fucking Big Ten that just added Washington, Oregon, USC, and UCLA. Like, doesn't so, make fucking sense, but, I mean, you own LA, you own California now as far as marketing goes, right. and you own the Pacific Northwest. So, can we go through, <coughs> excuse me, can we go through, like, conference by conference and just go over, like, who's leaving, who's coming in, and what that's going to look like for this season and next year. Because I, I, it kind of helps me conceptualize it. Because, again, I'm, you've clearly been <laughs> paying very close attention to all of this as it's been happening. But I've just be, I just keep seeing the just like do like, power fives? I need to fucking just look at a list and just see who's moved where. Because it's, it's too much to keep up with. Do you want to do power fives and then jump into the lower ones later? Yeah, I think that's fine. Let's start in the Big Ten. Let's let's go. Well, there I was just first. gonna say let's go. A, like we can go ACC real quick because oh, okay, okay, no okay. one's leaving the ACC. I was gonna say ACC is largely untouched. Um, there are discussions for Stanford and Cal to join the ACC, but it's been kind of hit with a few of the ACC presidents saying no. Um, I think it was Florida State, Clemson, North Carolina, and one other. Maybe Miami for, all said no for what for was that? Sorry, Cal and Stanford to join the ACC. Oh, okay, okay. Cal and Stanford would be good academically, like school wise, but sport wise, they've been ever since McCaffrey left Stanford. I was gonna say when Andrew Luck and McCaffrey <laughs> left Stanford, their football team has definitely not been. Like, they kind of just near the same level. Well, bo- all of their programs have kind of just disappeared. Yeah. Like they're great academically, but right. there's been discussions at both of those schools too to scrap football. Oh really? Yeah, I don't know how deep those conversations go, but because someone, I think CU had the kind of like, what if we just scrapped our football program? And wow. someone's like, yeah, maybe not. <laughs> like, wow. you realize how much fucking money football brings in? Yeah, I feel like that would be a mistake. No matter but, how bad the program is, it's like keep it around because you can but, always turn that shit around. But think, too. you're one good hire away from just absolutely yeah. remolding your program. Yeah, that's what I mean. Like, you can always like, turn that ship around. Like, when we get to the Pac-12, I'll talk Dion because that was uh, that was the biggest coaching hire in all of college football for the past 25 years, probably. Everyone's saying it's probably the biggest since Nick Saban going from LSU to Bama mm. and could be the biggest overall ever and to happen. Yeah, when, when was that? That was like early 2000s or something? Yeah, after he Saban went thing. to the yeah. NFL and then yeah. sucked ass with the Dolphins. <laughs> okay, so ACC, basically nothing's changed. Nothing's so changed. A- ACC in 2023 is going to be your usual schools. Boston College, Clemson, Duke, Florida State, Georgia Tech, Louisville, Miami, North Carolina, NC State, Pittsburgh, Syracuse, Virginia, Virginia Tech, Wake Forest. And then you can put asterisks for next year, possibly Stanford and Cal. Potentially. I think a lot has to be worked out, though. Okay. Big Ten next? You want to do that one? So Big Ten, way more to talk about than with the ACC, for sure. Um, Let's see here. So, obviously, again, this year, their conference is remaining with the same 14 teams. And nobody leaving. Yeah. Just adding four more teams. Yeah. So... um, you know, it's, it's saying here on the ESPN article, in one of the biggest moves in realignment history, Pac-12 schools USC, UCLA, Oregon, and Washington will join the Big Ten in 2024, pushing the conference to 18 teams. Um, so in 2024, it's going to be basically Illinois, Iowa, Indiana, Maryland, Michigan, Michigan State, Minnesota, Nebraska, Northwestern, Ohio State, Oregon, Penn State, Purdue, Rutgers, UCLA, USC, Washington, and Wisconsin. Did you say Oregon? Did I miss that? I, I probably said Oregon. Did. 
I'm watching the game while trying to like listen and then read and <laughs> well see you got it all just in your head that's why I'm like right. I have to have a fucking article because I cannot keep track of all this but which so I mean that's that's a pretty big change to the Big Ten well right and when you think about it right before college football became all about money let's be real it's all about money oh, that, yeah. that's it, it's just a money maker mm-hmm. anyone who goes well no it's about tradition and rivalries it goes well if it's about tradition and rivalries why are two Los Angeles-based teams playing right. in the Big Ten, which the Big Ten, the furthest west team before um, Nebraska joined was, I don't know if it was Iowa or Wisconsin. I mean, they might be pretty vertical to each other on a map. But it's like that was your furthest west team. Like, that's a very small, like, New Jersey to to Iowa is not a very large range as far as schools go. So that was a right. pretty good, like, geographical. Yeah. That's how you get rivalries. That's how you get yeah, the, the yeah. geographical rivalries. Now you're like, well, we're going to bring in USC, UCLA, Oregon, and Washington all on from, the West Coast. Way over on the West Coast. Yeah. One, it's, and, th- and this goes for all the, the, the realignments. Travel costs are going to go up for you know certain years and certain programs when they have to travel. Like you know, Utah, Arizona State, Arizona, and Colorado will now have to go to West Virginia, who's in the Big 12. That's not a short travel distance based on – you know, geography. The Big 12 of old used to be Colorado was the furthest west, and I think Missouri was the furthest east. That's a pretty, you know, Texas north was, you know, if you go from bottom Texas going north on the U.S. map, that's a pretty narrow region. And then everything west of Colorado was the Pac-12 that was a Power 5 school. So it's like you had the SEC, which is the southeast, all, again, all (laughs) Florida to Louisiana, and then Texas A&M jumped in there, so you, so yeah, Texas and Oklahoma is not too far away, but it's a small geographical region. I think Kentucky was the furthest north, so you could throw Kentucky in the Big Ten if you wanted to, but it makes more sense. They were associated with the South for so long. Right. But it's like everything was based on geography to build these rivalries, the Colorado-Nebraska rivalry, Kansas-Kansas State, Texas-Oklahoma, like – it's all meant for rivalries, and now it goes, well, we want more money. So, like, we're going to keep Texas and Oklahoma as a rivalry because they're moving together, and I think that was the only reason they moved was they could move together. Oregon, Washington, but it's like you lose Oregon, Oregon State possibly. Um, you're going to, you know, it just it's just shifting rivalries and going, well, we're going to make a lot more fucking money with this move, and think- we'll probably put our program in a better chance to compete yeah. than not. I think what's going to be really fascinating to see is all of these schools from different geographical locations who have typically played certain brands and like philosophies of, of offensive and defensive football playing a, playing in a conference that's completely and utterly different from the style of play that they have had for decades. Right? How's the that's West Coast be, speed yeah. compared to the Big Ten? We're under center. We're going to fucking right. run smash mouth football. And I think that's going to be super interesting to watch. Like, I cannot wait to see what that looks like on the field. Well, let's be real. Every year that like a Pac-12 team or a Big 12 team's face, because let's be the Pac-12, Big 12 are usually the f- fucking high-flying offenses. Defense yeah, doesn't yeah, fucking yeah. exist. The Big <laughs> Ten and SEC are like, we have a fucking defense that will play yeah. smash mouth football and yeah. meet you in the fucking hole. Yeah. Oh, you think you're going to run that fast down the field and catch a bomb? No, no, no. Guess what? We're going to smoke you. Oh, and now we're going to have a seven and a half minute fucking drive where we use our tank of a running back named Derrick <laughs> Henry to just fucking run 88 yards down your throat. And you're like, and the final score oh. could end up, you know, 13 to seven or right. something. And everyone's and like, it was like, a close game. It's like, did you watch it though? And then you watch 
Pac-12 and it's 48 to 42 or right. something. You You're know? like, wow, that was a great game that ended at fucking 7 a.m. on Sunday. Yeah, exactly. I was, I was they ready all, for NFL football. Yeah, they all start at 8, 30, 9, 10 p.m. You're like, okay. But that's also a reason why they switched or a lot of the Pac-12 teams are okay with leaving. Yeah. Because they had no national, like, they would start at 8, 8.30 on national TV, and people are yeah. like, man, fuck it, I've watched 12 hours well, of East Coast, it's like 10.30 right. p.m. It's like you're going to start a three-hour football game at No, they're getting PM. ready for the NFL tomorrow. Yeah, like, so I, I kind of wish we were able to get Sam on this, and we can obviously just do this discussion again in the future with him because at the end of our Oppenheimer pod last episode, we brought up you know doing this the next time around and kind of brought up the Pac-12 kind of dissolving and everything, and he obviously played in the Pac-12 with ASU, he seemed like he had a lot of thoughts on Pac-12 and how they have managed <coughs> themselves in in the even going back to when he played back to you know 2016, 2016 2017 in that range long before all of this crazy conference realignment stuff in the way that he's like he just you know casually mentioned it at the end of the episode I was like you know how much fucking <coughs> revenue they missed out on by starting all of their games at like 8:30 9 p.m. mountain on Saturdays yeah. it's like and especially, you, you think about like the burnout too. Like people who have been watching college football since 10 a.m. Mountain, it's now 10 right, which p.m. Is noon, Mountain, which is noon Eastern time. Yeah, so yeah. they've been pre-gaming for four hours before that. So <laughs> 6 a.m. Yeah. Mountain time, they were already in their tailgate. Yeah, you know, hammered, six cases deep, right. ready to watch fucking Ole Miss. <laughs> so it's play 12 hours later, they're gonna start a three-hour-long, you know, Washington versus Utah game. It's like I don't know. They probably missed out on a lot of viewership just because right. of the nature but, of the time. But of then day you also played. think too, they made the Pac-12 network. Then they signed a deal with Fox, but Fox has signed a deal with the Big Ten. Mm. So the Big Ten, when you watch it, usually and and I think Fox has Big Twelve too. But it's like so the Big Twelve and Big Ten take precedent because they're further east or Central Time, so they're going to play their games earlier in the day. And they're like, well, the Pac-12 will play at fucking eight. We'll throw it on FX one. Yeah, yeah. Or Fox Sports One, whatever yeah, it yeah. is. And it's like, yeah, you guys are losing out because there's Big Noon, which is the Big t- Big Ten kickoff. Right, right. And it's or it's the big big noon and it's a big ten, big twelve. Yeah. It starts a fucking ten mountain time. Right, right. Like that's like see you next week playing at TCU. 10 mountain, yeah. It'll be eleven AM at TCU, but it'll be ten mountain time. On national TV though. Yeah. That's gonna be the first game people will wake up and watch. Right. That's noon on the East Coast. That means we are in the fucking spotlight of the nation. Uh-huh. Week two, home against Nebraska. Deion Sanders' first home game. Big noons coming to Boulder. Yeah. Another 10 a.m. game on national television. How fucking? How many cups of coffee are you gonna have before these 10 a.m.? Dude, I won't need coffee. I'll wake up and I'll be like, "It's game day, baby." You're going to like wash down a coffee with a Red Bull and just be vibrating on your couch. <laughs> Fucking kick we, off. We give up a touchdown and I'm just pounding a bottle of vodka afterwards. <laughs> like, God damn it. And then we score again. It's another Red Bull. One's like, this guy's going to die. It's you, like, you might need some supervision. Um, here's a question for you. So we, we just talked about the teams being added to the Big Ten. And right now, <laughs> the Big Ten is 14 teams. After it, it starting next year, it's going to be 18 teams. At what point do we just change the name of the conference to something else other than the Big Ten? Because like at a certain point, the Big Ten is going to have like twenty six schools. So I can't remember if it's like I why s- are we calling it the Big Ten? You know, like right. <laughs> when was the last time it actually had ten? Because teams of the it? historical impact, of, like the Big Ten, I think is one of like the most historic conferences until it added Nebraska and Rutgers, I think, or maybe it was Nebraska and Maryland. I can't remember when they added. To yeah, bring it, it up. It says right here, Nebraska joined 
um, from the Big 12 in 2011 and then was joined by Maryland and Rutgers from the ACC and the Big East in 2014. Right, and I think <clears> – right, wait. There has to be one more team that joined then. Well, I guess that's just over the last, like, decade or so. Right, I'm so just maybe trying to think of – yeah, I'm just trying to think of who. But, like, the Big Ten's been, like I said, it's – and I think I read an article where they said they're not going to change the name. There's no reason to. Like, the Big Ten is associated with Big Ten schools. And you go, yeah, I mean, yeah, I Yeah, I mean, it. I like, get that. But as, it, as, as this whole conference realignment stuff happens and more and more teams start switching around and, like, you know, who's to say we don't in five or eight years end up with, like, two or three just gigantic conferences that all have, like, 50 teams in them? Well, I mean – f- what, At what point are we going to stop calling the Big 12 or the Big Ten – that conference one like, conference two conference yeah, three, or just conference like four. You, know, uh, you know i mean other conferences sunbelt sec uh conference usa like come up with a name for it instead of just being like big it's conference. the big 10 but we have 26 teams in it it's like we're, okay what we're are we the doing? big conference it's like <laughs> the big 12 is like well we're the bigger conference bigger. we have one more team yeah. <laughs> i mean i don't know i i saw something it just seems kind of silly to me i mean it's been that way obviously for a while like the big 10 and the big 12 haven't had that exact amount of teams in them for a while. Right. But it has always just seemed kind of silly that we're like still calling it the Big 12 when there's not 12 teams in it, you know? It's like, I don't... Just change I, the name. I saw, like, uh, I'll have to see if I can find it on Instagram, but it was like a full college realignment based on geography. You sent that to us. I saw that. And it was like the Pacific. And I'm like, this makes fucking sense. And then you go, well, I don't know, though, because you got fucking... Appalachian State playing against LSU, Alabama, and Georgia all in the same year. That's a little uh, <laughs> little tough for Appalachian State. I'm sorry. I get They're a good team. They're a good program, but yeah. a little tough realignment for them on that one. For sure. But it, it becomes, I don't know, my biggest thing is it's about the money. So for people that argue, well, why are they doing this? And I go, well, it's about the money. You just throw out football, throw out rivalries. It's all about the money. Pac-12, the reason they don't exist anymore is they refuse to get a TV deal done. Mm-hmm. If they had signed a TV deal and then were like, hey, every team's going to make $45 million a year, that would have put them at the third highest paid conference. I doubt Oregon, Washington, and the Colorado, Arizona, Arizona State, Utah leave. It could have also enticed USC and UCLA to stay before they had made their full decision to leave. Mm-hmm. They still don't have a media fucking deal. And now there's no point to try because all the teams are like, we're fucking out. So you have the mass exodus is happening. You have Cal, Stanford, Oregon State, Washington State. Those are your four. That's your pack four. (laughs) And they're all looking for somewhere to go. And I don't know. They're not just. But who's going to bring in? Who's going to bring those four schools? What do those four schools bring? Oregon State and Washington State have good football programs. Mm -hmm. Oregon State's ranked, I think they're ranked like 16th or 17th. Let's see. There they are. And 18th. And Washington State's not a slouch of a program. Like, but what do they offer the Big Ten? Probably nothing. Yeah. What do they offer so the I guess, Big 12? And, and nothing. We can, we can talk more about it when we get to the Pac-12, but I guess really their only options are those four teams continue the exodus and just leave and go find other conferences. Or, like you said earlier, they just absorb the, the Mountain, Mountain West, West or something. And so, like – those four remaining former Pac-12 teams plus the Mountain West is now the new Pac-12 or whatever. Or it's the Mountain West goes, you can come be part of the Mountain West. Yeah. And then the yeah. Pac-12 just, just disappears. Just dissolves, yeah. The Conference of Champions, which had a huge storied history of actual champions. You had USC, UCLA, yeah. who ran the fucking 60s and 70s. Mm-hmm. Just gone. Just, just, just yeah. like that. Literally within, within like, the span of a couple of weeks, really. Yeah. I mean, 
it really became Colorado to the Big 12. That's what kicked it off. Like, we'll, yeah. we'll just skip to the Pac-12 right now because that's okay, really the yeah. bulk of everything. That's that was the first on. domino. That was the first domino. CU to the Big 12. It became confirmed. They applied. They got their, you know, agreed. They are going to make $31 million or something like that a year in their TV deal, which is like I was reading an article on the TV deals, and it goes Big 10, SEC, Big 12, ACC, as far as the media deals mm. that are in place. Um, they're going to make, like, $40 million less than the Big Ten and the SEC per year, rightfully so in the sense of those, you know, those programs drive college football or those conferences drive college football. To then you had Oregon and Washington go, well, wait a second. We need to figure our shit out too. They're like, we're going to be loyal to the Pac-12. And they're like, by the way, we're going to the Big Ten. <laughs> And the Big Ten was like, yeah, we'll, we'll bring you two programs on in. You guys are worth the fucking grab to add you as well. They got brought in. You could tell USC, UCLA were kind of like, did we have to bring them in, though? Yeah. Like, we own the West Coast media rights now for the fucking Big Ten, but now you're like, well, now we got to bring in Oregon and Washington. Fucking great. Thanks, guys. <laughs> and then Utah, or, or it, then it became Arizona was in big talks with the, to jump ship to the Big 12. And you're like, okay, that can make sense because again, good basketball program. You know, mm. usually top Arizona's five. Very good recently. And not the greatest football, but good, great basketball. So yeah. you you bring yeah. them in for, you know, good reason. And then Utah and Arizona State were like, what about us? And the Big Twelve was like, yeah, you're good. You guys can come because <laughs> Utah again, good fucking football program. Uh-huh. Yeah. And Arizona State has the opportunity to be good at both basketball and football. They're kind of yeah. like CU. They're like show promise and then they like lose nine in a row and you're like, what the fuck happened to you guys? And they're like Yeah, Arizona State, even going back to when Sam was there, competed on a national scale for yeah, sure. They'd I mean, be they, ranked they are, and all of a sudden they get they like blown out. They are capable of competing with the best teams in the country, but they've hit a real rough patch program-wise in the last well, year or so. They had a lot of like recruiting Yeah, issues. so we'll, that'll be very interesting to see how that shakes out this year. But, yeah, that kind of affects, you know, ASU's not able to brag as much about their football program right now when they're trying to move around. Right. But luckily it didn't end up mattering. But them all, the four corner schools, as they call them, all moving to – which I don't know how you can call them the four corners when you don't have New Mexico in there. It's like the three mm. corners with New Mexico. <laughs> but them moving to the Big 12, I think, was a good pickup by the Big 12 overall. One, again, the basketball conference just got that much better with mm. Arizona, Arizona State, and Colorado. Utah's basketball program is not very good. Football just got better overall with Utah. Mm-hmm. And then you add in – and, again, I'm going to talk a lot about Colorado because that's my team – the prime effect. It's fucking real. If you follow anything with college football, I guarantee you you have read one article about Colorado football this year. It's been like the biggest offseason storyline. Since, since December till now, you have read or seen multiple articles on Colorado football. They were 1-11 last year and probably would have lost to some high school football teams. <laughs> They're bad. They lost bad. an average on average per game last year. They lost by 29 points. The next closest team was also 1 and 11. Was that Northwestern? And it was Northwestern and they averaged their games by 14 points was their loss. We had near more than double average per loss than the next 1 and 11 worst team. 
Not good. One and eleven. <laughs> you the only thing you ever hear about Colorado is like Colorado loses sixty eight to three in the first quarter, and you're like the first quarter, like yeah, they just called Car- it. <laughs> Carl Durrell walked out through the through his white flag, and the team just <laughs> walked just off the it. field. It's a forfeit. And it's like, but now all you hear about is Deion Sanders, Deion Sanders, Colorado, yeah. Colorado, 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 and it's like, guess what? First time they ever sold out a spring game. Athletic director came out and goes, we actually had to charge you guys for the spring game. We've never done that. And we sold out. Sold out season tickets faster than ever before. Sold out of all student athletic passes faster than ever before. Home games sold out faster than ever before. Moved to the Big 12, secured $31 million a year in media rights. Just like that. No arguments, nothing. Yeah. The way the school allows transfers and transfer credits completely upended and changed because that's how Dion said, if you want me to come here, we got to make changes to how this program's ran. Everything, like the uniforms, just I'm like super stoked to see these uniforms. <laughs> they're, they're fucking keeping this shit under wraps, <laughs> but these uniforms are going to, because Jackson State, when he was there, never played in the same uniform more than mm. once. Well, you'll get to find out a week from today. Dude, they're all whites. They're probably going to be sick. So wait, wait, who'd you say the opening game is? TCU? At TCU on At Saturday. TCU. Okay. Yeah. It'll be very interesting to see. I mean, I think <laughs> I, I would – I would caution you to maybe temper your expectations a little Come bit on, and not be down. expecting like, you know, 12 and 0. But so, they're definitely going to be far better than they were last year, which is not saying much. But I would just say just be careful with so, I mean I get I understand the hype and I'm happy for all the CU fans, but like just temper your expectations a so little bit. So people go, "What are your realistic expectations?" And I always joke around, I'm like, "We're going to go undefeated and win the fucking college football <laughs> playoff." I'm like, "Do you see our talent? Like our talent People are like you guys are one eleven. Well, like, but that's the, also what you the, say about the Broncos every year too. So yeah, but <laughs> that's a little different. Colorado, like our talent level went from like zero to like we're like flirting with seven eight. Right. I mean, now. it's a completely different program. Like, like a I, I watch program. all the videos. I watch all the practice, and of course, it's hard. We're not going full speed. You're not going against a different team, right? You're going against your own team. That you're kind of like we're sick and tired of playing against these guys. Yeah. But I watch it. And I'm like, when I, you go back and watch last year's practices, you're like nothing. Mm-hmm. Dion's a no-nonsense guy like he's fucking running that program he kicked the guy out of the weight room because he had white socks on hmm. you wear everyone in the program wears the exact same shit to meetings to lifting not necessarily to practice but like your undershirts are the same like the he goes no defensive backs wearing a back flap or DNs none of you are wearing back flaps if you're not going to get hit in the back you're not wearing one so one of them had one on, and he made the trainers literally go out there, and he goes, just cut it off. <laughs> like, cut it off. Like, he's, he's a no-nonsense guy. People are like, he's running him to the ground. And I'm like, he's making him fucking tough. You don't realize Colorado brought in the Kent State head coach as their offensive coordinator. He didn't get fired from Kent State. He left to come to Colorado. And his offense can put up points, and they're fucking fast. Which is always Which, good. When you are, you know, everyone's like, Oh, the altitude of Boulder. It's like, all right, well, if you got a fast fucking offense in Boulder, Colorado, and you go down to sea level, you should be able to fucking run a team out of the stadium. Yeah. Well, and people coming to Colorado who aren't used to the altitude are going to run them out of the stadium. Yeah, just running them up and down the field. So my expectation, realistic expectations, obviously I want them to go undefeated when the college football playoff, you know, that's (laughs) a stretch. Right. My realistic expectations would be a six-win season, bowl eligibility, win a bowl. Yeah. If Dion can do go six and six and win a bowl – Bro, this program, the next few years while he's there, is going to go insane. Yeah, 100%. And 
people are like, well, how long do you think Dion's going to be there? And I go, I don't think Dion's someone chasing money because he's already got the money. Hmm. He already has money, whereas some of these other coaches like Mel Tucker, Midnight Mel, came to see you. Oh, we can win here. We can win here. I'm loyal to Colorado. Yeah, just kidding. Fucking Michigan State threw $10 million my way per year. I'm on a fucking private jet 13 <laughs> seconds after tweeting I'm loyal to Colorado. <laughs> Dion's um, going to be here till he gets what's, it right. What's his? Uh, what's Dion's contract currently? How long is he like under contract? I think for? it's five years, like 6.3 per. Okay. Um, and it's funny because with the, si- the time of the signing of his contract, Colorado had no way of paying that money. Mm. They legit were like, we don't know how we're going to pay it, but we're going to get the money. Yeah. They've got the most money that's ever come in, I think nationwide, to an, N- a collective, an NIL collective. So, like, like, I could donate to the collective, right? It's like a GoFundMe, but then they yeah. spread it out to the players. Okay. Most money ever brought in, I think, in the country into an NIL collective this year. It's like Cormani McLean, who you could argue is Carl's biggest recruit probably since the late 80s, early 90s. I think he's got like a $1.1 million NIL deal somewhere. Shadur has one. Travis Hunter has one. Like, Dion has brought shit to Colorado that, honestly, as a Colorado fan, I never thought we would see. Well, well, I'll put it this way. I've never been a CU fan. I've never really given much of a shit about CU. But I'm intrigued. I'm going to watch more CU football this year than I probably have ever. As I told people, I'm like, you don't have to be a Colorado fan, but it's going to be intriguing to watch what he yeah. does. Because when he was at Jackson State, you heard about Deion Sanders and Jackson State almost yeah. every fucking Saturday. And no one, prior to and that, no, no one, one cared. had ever I didn't even really know Jackson about, State yeah. was a fucking school. No one had heard about Jackson State. For the most part. Now, for the whole country. Most people haven't heard about Colorado being a football program since the late yeah, since you know, the late 90s. Since, since yeah. the late 80s all the way up to like the 2004 season. And then yeah. after that, it's been like Colorado? Yeah, they play football. They play football. <laughs> it's like no, well, not really, but they they feel the team on Saturdays. Yeah. Well, they do play, shit uh, not on. well. But so yeah, I think um, I, I, six and six. I would say they just have a tough schedule. Like I said, you're yeah. at TCU. I think they go in and get an upset. I think. Do you know the schedule off the top of your head? Um, I know who we play. I don't know. I know the okay. the first five. We're at TCU. Home against Nebraska, home against Colorado State. I think we go – if we beat TCU, we start 3-0. I was going to say Nebraska and if, uh, who was the other team you said? Colorado State. Colorado State. Those if, should be wins. If we lose to TCU, as long as it's a close game, that you're like, okay, this team can fucking compete. Yeah, yeah. We beat Nebraska, beat CSU. Then we go on the road to Eugene. Uh, okay. That will be our – That'll be tough. Fucking, hey, are you meant for this? Yeah. And then we're home against USC right after that. Mm, wow, tough so back to back weeks there. If we go, if we can go three and two, or even if we go two and three out of those first five games, I think we beat Arizona. I think we beat Arizona State. I think we beat Stanford, and I think we can possibly squeak out a win against an Oregon State or a Washington State. Yeah, I could see. That. I don't think we beat UCLA, and I don't think we beat Utah. Um, so it's it's going to come down to I think. I think UCLA or not UCLA, um, Oregon State or Washington State would be our sixth win. Mm. So I would say six and six or possibly seven and five would be like my realistic expectations. With anything better than that, just going this shit's real just and being like, icing on the cake. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So fuck, just get us to a bowl. five and seven. You get us to a bowl game. I don't give a fuck. Just yeah. win the bowl game. Yeah, yeah. <coughs> get us more than one win. <laughs> well, any, get us yeah. get us three wins at two least. wins like, show us progress 
Do you want to hop over to the Big 12 real quick and cover that? Because that's been another – I think really like Oklahoma and Texas and then CU, I think were like the three main <coughs> catalysts. And especially for the Pac-12 completely dissolving, that was the first domino to fall. But, I mean, Oklahoma and Texas were the two huge ones. Um, and I think that was announced back in like 2021, wasn't yeah, it? That yeah, that 2020 or 2020. Like it was announced a while ago, yeah. but the media rights, I think – I think their media rights were ending. I don't know if it was last year or the year before. So they announced that they were leaving. And then so the he, media rights got signed because I think their media rights are now through 2028 20, or something like that. So they didn't want to sign the media rights. So they moved to the SEC or said they were moving to the SEC, waited for the media rights to expire. So their media rights expire after this year. I believe so. They don't have to pay, and then they can leave, even though the contract for the Big 12 media rights were already signed by all the other schools. So this says here, um, Oklahoma and Texas kicked off the latest round of realignment in the summer of 2021 when they announced the intention to leave the Big 12 for the SEC in um, what was a move originally planned for 2025. The teams decided to join in 2024 earlier this year. Okay. So that's kind of the timeline of how things happened. Um, so yeah, let's see for 2020, 100% uses just for men. Sorry. I, look how fucking oh. dark his hair is. That's the guy where we were like, it looks like a fucking wig the, coming out the of the Notre Dame quarterback has like jet black fucking hair and facial hair. I'm not gonna lie. That's a pretty handsome dude with the beard combo. Dude, He's 24 years old. I'm sure that guy's popular on campus. This is his first year. Yeah, he, he looks he, like a he, fucking he, movie star. He was the Wake Forest quarterback. And apparently he has a brother that looks exactly like him that was down at school in Florida and they were all excited that he was transferring to Florida. But he's like, no, fuck you guys. I'm going to the NFL. And then when his brother told him that Florida was excited that he might be transferring there, he goes, well, let me like actually think about not going to the NFL. And then he transfers to Notre Dame. Huh. What's that dude's name? Do you know his name? Quarterback. <laughs> Look at that hair. That's um, some fucking majestic hair. I've always been really jealous of people who have hair like that. Yeah, me too. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, for anyone uh, who doesn't know who's listening, Matt is bald. That's why I was like, I think so it's yeah, Sam Hartman, and he was the Sam Hartman. He's like, he could break a lot of quarterback records for NCAA. So for is this just why does he have a Gandalf staff <laughs> on the field right now? I is that know. just it for might be playing Notre, in Ireland? It might be a Notre Dame tradition. I don't know. Oh yeah, I guess I didn't even think about that. Is that Jason Garrett? Commentary? It is. Well, we got. Well, we'll, we'll have really sidetracked with this. We'll have Mike McCarthy, you know, recording or um, commentating here soon because we know Cowboys aren't going to fucking do shit, so they're just going to fire another head coach. <laughs> we'll do. Uh, we'll save that for our NFL preview podcast um, next weekend. So, Big Twelve, Big 12. Um, in twenty twenty three, BYU, Cincinnati, Houston, and UCF will all join the conference this upcoming season. So the Big 12 will play with 14 teams this year in 2023. So for this season, you're going to have Baylor, BYU, Cincinnati, Houston, Iowa State, Kansas, Kansas State, Oklahoma, Oklahoma State, TCU, Texas, Texas Tech, UCF, and West Virginia. Now next year in 2024, Oklahoma and Texas leave for the SEC Colorado rejoins the conference and brings with it corner schools, Arizona, Arizona State, and Utah from the Pac-12 to bring the league to 16 teams. So next year, the Big 12 looks way different. It's going to be Arizona, Arizona State, Baylor, BYU, Cincinnati, Colorado, Houston, Iowa, 
or Iowa State, sorry, um, Kansas, Kansas State, Oklahoma State, TCU, Texas Tech, UCF, Utah, and West Virginia. Very interesting. Kind of a spread of schools if you look at it. The best yeah. way to look at this, so if you're at home and you're listening and you want to like really get it, like a good look at this, just Google like college football conferences and see if you can find an image that shows each specific like conference. Like the geographical layout. Because yeah. when you look at like a Pac-12, you're like, that made fucking sense. Right. Like right. I said, Colorado was the furthest east school. The next closest were Utah and then the two Arizonas. Everything else was in on the West Coast, like truly. Then you look at the Big Ten, you're like, oh, everything makes sense. Nebraska's the furthest west. You know, they go to New Jersey with Rutgers. But it kind of made sense. SEC makes sense. ACC makes sense. Big 12, okay, kind of spread out a little bit. You got West Virginia, and then you got Kansas State. And it's like, I think Kansas State's the furthest west. No, Texas Tech would be the furthest west. And you're like, kind of spread out. But now it's not about that, like I said, the geography of where you are. It's about the fucking money that you can bring in and the, right. the brand you bring. Right. Because if I'm the Big 12 and Deion Sanders isn't at Colorado, I look at Colorado and I go, well, they're going to have a good fucking basketball team. Mm-hmm. Colorado should have a top 10 basketball team this year. Should. You know, I was high hopes, and <laughs> but they should have a top 10 basketball team this year. But if they are a 1-11 football team that didn't make a splashy hire like Dion for football... I would say they maybe win two games this upcoming season. Maybe. Not if I'm the Big 12, I'm going, what, what value are you going to bring me? You're not going to bring shit. So, no, we don't want you. And then the Pac-10 exists because only USC, UCLA leave. Mm. So, if you think about it, Colorado for this summer was the one that was like, no, 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 we're going to start a fucking avalanche. Yeah, fucking that was, shit that show That was the, the big domino that fell. Um. Here's a question for you. For this season, how well do you think BYU, Cincinnati, Houston, and UCF will compete in the Big 12? I'm not going to lie. Those programs have been decent programs for the UCF past. UCF and Cincinnati both um, are, are two that I can think of in recent years that have had really good teams. And BYU's usually always competitive. Yeah. Um, they get the big Samoans that come into Utah. And – Houston. I mean, they were they were a competitive team last year. I think they were a top twenty five team last year. They're a good basketball school now too. Houston is. Dude, that's what I'm saying. You're gonna have <clears throat> Baylor, Cincinnati, Houston, Kansas, Kansas State, Oklahoma State, Texas Tech. Um, well, I don't know how West Virginia's basketball is gonna be with all that shit that went on with their head coach. Oh, but yeah. Arizona and Arizona. Colorado, you're gonna have. That's a. That's you a could have ten top twenty five teams next year for basketball. Yeah. Like, legit. Like, I mean, I was reading an article, and they go, well, let's look at the rankings for college football based on the realignment. So you have – we'll just go Big Ten next year, right? Say these are the rankings for next year. Michigan, Ohio State, USC, Penn State, Washington, Oregon, Wisconsin, and Iowa. That's eight ranked teams from the Big Ten alone. Wow. If if this was next year and right, we're using right. this year's rankings. From the SEC, you got Georgia, Alabama, LSU, uh, Texas, Tennessee, Oklahoma, Oklahoma yeah. Ole Miss, and Texas A&M. I think that's nine, unless I threw up two fingers at the same time. <laughs> it's either eight or nine. Well, so a lot. Now you're looking at 17 of yeah. the top 25. 16 or 17. 
are in two conferences. Wild. Let's go to the Big 12. You got Utah, Kansas State, TCU, three. Let's go to the ACC. Florida State, Clemson, North Carolina, Bree. <laughs> then you got Tulane and uh, Notre Dame, who would be the outliers. So eight from Big Ten, eight from SEC, three from ACC, three from the Big Twelve, and two. I can't. I think Tulane's Conference USA, and Notre Dame's independent. <laughs> Tell me where the football powers lie in this fucking. That's conference realignment. Crazy. Now that you think about it, wow. Eight and eight for the SEC in the Big Ten. Now, then again, though, their schedules are all going to get fucked up, and they're going to have to play each other. Mm-hmm. Which I I like that teams are going away from the, um, uh, or not teams, but conferences are going away from East Division, West Division. And just doing the top two teams in the fucking conference will play yeah, for the yeah. conference championship. That's the way it should be. Mm-hmm. Kind of like our fantasy league. Mm-hmm. I got rid of divisions. Now it's going to be truly one versus eight, two versus seven, three versus six, and four and five. That was kind of a unilateral move on your part, Kamish. You didn't yeah. really run that by anyone, uh, by the way. I kind of felt that that was a <laughs> good move for all owners of the league. I think it was the uh, fairest move. I'm and sure I, that's what all dictators say as well. Yeah, well... I can't say that. I, good thing I caught myself. Uh, okay, so we've touched on ACC, Big Ten, I think. Or did we do Big Ten already? Or did we skip Yeah, Big because, Ten? because they're not losing anyone. They're just gaining the four. Or Oregon, Washington, That's USC, right. UCLA. And we talked about Big 12. We talked about Pac-12. Uh, did we talk about SEC? No, because that's – yeah. well, yeah, Texas, Oklahoma, that's it. That's Is that the only change? I think that's the only yep. change. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, the SEC is like the SEC and the Big Ten are kind of like, well, we can handpick who the fuck we want to come in here. Yeah. So SEC next season will be Bama, Arkansas, Auburn, Florida, Georgia, Kentucky, LSU, Mississippi State, Missouri, Oklahoma, Ole Miss, South Carolina, Tennessee, Texas, Texas A&M, Vanderbilt. Yeah. That's your SEC for next year. It was funny. I saw an article. I think this was before CU really like agreed. They go, does the Big Ten make a move to sign CU? And I'm like, man, could you imagine Colorado having to play Ohio State, Michigan, Wisconsin? Mm-hmm. Fuck no. We won one game in a shitty-ass Pac-12. <laughs> now you want to move us to the Big Ten? Give Dion a couple years at least at the Big 12. <laughs> but everyone's like, could you imagine watching Dion coaching the Big Ten? I go, well, yeah, I could because he might go there eventually, but – Guys, it's, we, we should just be independent this year and go play a bunch of FCS schools and say we're undefeated. When is fucking Notre Dame ever going to join a conference, or is that ever going to happen? So they're, they have been in discussions to join both the Big Ten and the ACC. Oh, interesting. If they join the ACC, that helps the ACC step up. But if Florida State leaves the ACC, I could see um, Clemson, North Carolina State, North Carolina possibly all fleeing the ACC. But then it becomes, where the fuck do they go? Do they Where go? has Florida State been talking about going? <clears throat> My guess would be the SEC. Okay. So, if the, But then imagine if the SEC added Clemson and fucking Florida State. Jesus. If I'm, if I'm the Big 12, I'm going, fuck yeah, we're going to definitely get some people in a college football playoff. They're going to yeah. beat the shit out of each other. 
That's yeah. Georgia that's versus Clemson and Florida State and LSU and Alabama every year. Imagine that five team. Now, if you won all five of those games, just give them the fucking championship trophy. <laughs> if they're healthy at the end of that five game stretch, just give them the fucking trophy. So I know we were just mainly doing like the Power Five, but uh, my New Mexico State Aggies are playing in Conference USA starting this season. They actually had the most movement of any conference. <laughs> Um, six teams are leaving and being replaced by five other teams over the next two seasons. So it says here, Marshall, Old Dominion, and Southern Miss left the conference for the Sun Belt in 2022. In 2023, Conference USA will be losing Charlotte, FAU, North Texas, Rice, UAB, and UTSA to the AAC. The conference will then be adding Jacksonville State, Liberty, New Mexico State, and Sam Houston to replace the teams that are leaving. And Jacksonville State and Sam Houston are moving up from FCS to FBS. Right. So this season, Conference USA is FIU, Jacksonville State, Liberty, Louisiana Tech, Middle Tennessee, New Mexico State, Sam Houston, UTEP, and Western Kentucky. And then it says Kennesaw State will join Conference USA – um, in 2024, and we'll push that conference to 10 teams. So Conference USA has done a lot of changing since 2022, basically, it sounds like. Um, I'm excited to see how New Mexico State does in Conference USA. I think that's a good landing spot for them. I think it's interesting because, <clears throat> again, their media rights compare – I don't even know what their media rights are, maybe 5 to $10 million a year. For Conference USA? For, yeah, for like anything that's not Power 5. Right, right. Um, the group of fives is like, I don't know how much money they're making on those media rights. So how much of it is, if you're independent, you're clearly not making any money from media rights. So joining any conference is usually going to be a good step right. in the right direction. Um, but it just becomes one of those, like, yeah, how, I mean, it's stability, I would say. Having a conference mm-hmm. is stability. Um, so, like, for New Mexico State, it makes sense to uh, throw them into, like, a stable conference. Yeah, and especially after the last couple seasons of playing independent. Like, in a, a school like Notre Dame can get away with that for a long time, but New I lost Mexico my State parlay, just, so I had to throw one out there again. Oh, is that what you're doing? Yeah. Well, I was going to say, what, what happened with your bet on the Notre Dame game? Well, <sighs> Navy had first and goal, and they didn't score a touchdown. If they would have scored a touchdown, I would have hit the 49-point. Oh, uh, so you I needed covered them. the point spread. You, oh, okay, okay. I hate. I have two of my parlays still alive because I had Notre Dame winning by twenty-eight and a half, or no, twenty-seven and a half and twenty and a half. What was the those final? Both Forty-two to three. Okay. So had no, had the Navy scored a touchdown and got the extra point, I would have hit the over, and I wouldn't have had to just put another five-dollar bet out there. But you know. But you're a degenerate. But now I'm a so. degenerate, <laughs> and I'm trying to swing for a home run now. Fucking. Navy, bro. I'll show you. I'll show you after we're done with this how degenerate I am. Okay. All right. I can't wait. Um. Well, the New Mexico State game is about an hour away, and I would like to le- to watch that. Um. Do you have anything else you want to cover? Yeah, I'm gonna wise? drag this out for three hours now, just so you miss the full game. You I'll can just, ha- I'll just have it, it up on my fucking phone or something. I mean, I do have a TV in the corner of the room. We could put it on. It is on true, ESPN. True. Well, there's not. They're not competing with much today in terms of games that you want to be watching, probably. The Broncos play at seven, so let's be real. Preseason Broncos. I told my mom that because I'm going over there for dinner, and she's like, "What time do the Broncos play?" I'm like, "Mom, we're gonna be watching college football." She goes, "I don't know about that." I'm like, "It's preseason pro football or meaningful yeah. college football." I'm like, "USC plays against San Jose State at six. I'd much rather watch that than the fucking donkeys in a preseason game." 
I just cannot get excited about preseason NFL football. I just there's nothing in me that gets even so, remotely excited about it. I just <laughs> I, don't. Care. I was talking shit to Brent. I'm like, damn, dude, imagine losing to the fucking Falcons or whatever in preseason. He was like, bro, they didn't even fucking play their starters. And I'm like, dude, it's a fucking joke. It's preseason. No one gives a shit. He's all defensive about it. I'm like, the Broncos are 0-2. Like, yeah. I don't care. The only reason I watch preseason is to try and get a read for who's going to make the team and who's not. Because mm-hmm. that's the only re- like that's the only thing it's good for. Yeah. Or how is the offense clicking? Oh, our O-line looked fucking trash for you know when the ones were out there. But Russell looked really good. Yeah. So it's like, hey. Things are looking better already, but I'm not looking too much into it that we lost 21 to 20. Yeah, it doesn't matter. Like I'm just trying to see how we play, yeah. keep our players healthy because we just lost another fucking receiver. Jerry Judy, right? I wanted to talk to you about that. Should we save that for the NFL episode? Yeah, we can. Wanna, okay. We can do that like next week or something. Fucking our receiving core is just—it's like the Pac-12, just <laughs> evaporating, Dude, evaporating, and then. <laughs> I mean, but we can save this for next week too. But Trey Lance, I was like, the Broncos should trade a fifth round pick for Trey Lance. Yeah, bring him in, let him learn, let him grow. He's young, he's very inexperienced for a pro quarterback, and let him grow. Like, bring him in for a fifth rounder. Right. And then the Cowboys are like, "Here's a fourth rounder." I'm like, that shows how much faith you guys have in Dak. Mm -hmm. I don't have a lot of faith in Russ. That's why I'd like to bring a young quarterback in. So who's going to be the starter for the 49ers? Brock Purdy. Brock Purdy with Sam Darnold as backup. Yep. Is that what I saw? Yeah. Interesting. And then when they both get hurt, they're going to be like, man, I wish we had Trey Lance on our <laughs> roster. Sure wish we hadn't traded Trey Lance away. Although, let's be real. I could play quarterback in a Kyle Shanahan fucking offensive system and succeed. Hey, where did um, uh, fucking handsome McGee from the 49ers? He's the Raiders quarterback. He's the Raiders quarterback yeah. now. I forgot where he went. Jimmy G. Jimmy G. Yeah, I forgot his name. Handsome McGee. Handsome McGee. I knew, I knew handsome, who you were talking that's about. That's a handsome dude. He's handsome as fuck. Yeah, well, hit him in the fucking face and then find <laughs> out how handsome he is. Like, oh, that's why you play quarterback. Did, did I tell you that a uh, couple years ago, I don't know, I guess it's been a few years now, when, uh, remember he was on the, the Patriots while Brady was still mm-hmm. there. I was listening to, I think it was Bill Simmons' podcast, and he's like, Mr. fucking Boston Sports, you know, so he's like, Patriots all the way. He was making a joke that, like, he, he was, Brady basically, like, forced them to get rid of uh, fucking what's-his-face? Jimmy I mean, G. Jimmy G. Because he's like, there can only be one handsome quarterback in this building. That guy's too fucking handsome. Get him out of here. So they brought in Brian Hoyer. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that cracked me up. That no, I funny. think Jimmy G wanted to, he was like, Kind of like Aaron Rodgers to Brett Favre was like, are you guys going to fucking play me? Because if yeah, not, trade right, me. I want right. to play. Because this guy, you know, he's going to play till he's 90. I don't right. know when I'm ever going to see the field. And then Brady left. Jimmy G was already gone. And they're like, well, I guess we'll sign Cam Newton. And then they were yeah. like, that was a fucking mistake. I really thought that was going to be work out way better than it did. That was that was a Cam Newton's the biggest bust in all shit history. Show. Well. Cam Newton sucks. I mean. Trash can. He was good one year at Auburn. That's it. <laughs> Okay, sure. That's fucking it. MVP winner and took his team to the Super Bowl. MVP doesn't mean shit. Did he win the Super Bowl? Well, he you cannot call someone a bust who won an MVP. At the he's NFL. a fucking bust. That's, he's a Greg Oden type bust. Oh, okay, all right. Anything else college football wise before we wrap up? Or yeah. <laughs> what? Cam Newton's a bust. <laughs> no. Um, I mean, I could talk college football all day, but what we'll really find out who's who. Like like we said, five weeks into the season, I think we'll have a good idea. Of yeah, this this is like the week zero, so there's like there's some games this weekend, but I nothing think there, really there's crazy. There's seven games today that are FBS. I'm looking so next week. So this is like the weekend of 
September 1st through the 5th or whatever. Labor Day weekend, basically. Um, do we have any ranked matchups? We have Ole Miss versus Tulane so at one thirty on the 9th. I think Florida-Utah is going to be a good game, and that's on Thursday. Oh, that's right. There's Thursday games, I think too. Colorado – so this will be any ranked team playing. I think Colorado-TCU will be a good game, despite TCU being a 31 or 21-point favorite. Ooh, Texas plays Bama on Saturday the 9th. Yeah, so that's week two of the season. You're looking at week two. Oh, already. yeah, I am looking at week two. Idiot. Uh, Boise State-Washington could be a fun game to watch. Uh, and that's one thirty next week. Oh, dude, Notre Dame, Tennessee State, look out. Another fucking barn burner. Georgia versus UT Martin. You mm-hmm. got UT Martin on that one? I got Middle Tennessee actually over Alabama oh, nice. by double okay. digits. I have them winning by 12. <laughs> North Carolina, South Carolina should be good. Um, and then there are – there. oh, LSU, Florida State is going to be the mm. biggest game, and that's next Sunday. Sunday, the third. Yep, Okay. at 530. That'll be the best game of week one, in and my opinion. Then week Monday two, you start on, to get on Labor Day, Clemson plays Duke at like six. Yep. So, okay. But yeah, next week, that, that's like the only like super big game. You think Clemson's going to vault their way back into college football playoff and compete yeah, for Yeah, I mean, you have Dabo Sweeney still as a head coach. I like, I like Clemson, man. I'm a they're big a fan fucking of program. I would say that's my second favorite college football program. One, I love orange as like my favorite fucking color, and I love their like. The paw print is just like a perfect logo for some reason. It really I just is. really like it. They have a sick entrance too, yeah. like the team entrance for the games at home. And games. although I will say, okay, what is your favorite non-bias here? Best college football entrance ever. Oh, that I don't you even would know of because you got to watch. There's a YouTube video where it's like best college football entrances. Yeah, you need to watch that. I was gonna say I'd have to watch the video to remind myself because I'm not even thinking. Some of them are of like them, bone probably. chilling. You're just like. <laughs> like if I was in that fucking tunnel, I'm not gonna lose the my Clemson one. The Clemson one's really cool. Just on top of my head, I'm just waiting for someone to tear their ACL jumping up off the fucking little hill, though. Yeah, I'm trying I mean, to think of what other like what are some of the other famous ones. You can't deny running behind a fucking full growing live buffalo is for pretty you, yeah. fucking insane. Yeah. Now if Clemson came out with a fucking tiger and ran behind them, I'd be like, could you imagine? Yeah, until a tiger murks like 19 a, people. It's just a tiger on a leash. Like, guys, it's fine. We trained him. Just jumps up, it's wide just open just claw, and the guy's like, ah! And then it was just dead, just and everyone's like. guy's throat open. He bleeds out on the uh, field. Right we're on an hour delay while we clean up our 14th <laughs> handler. Cut, cuts immediately to technical difficulties and commercial. I think, I mean, again. Kids all around the country. Mommy, did that guy just die? <laughs> no, no, no. No, it, I think it he's was, fine. It was fake. Think, yeah. Uh, the tragic passing of the 14th handler, and they're like, this is week three, and they're like, yeah, it's, it's been a rough, to death. rough fucking couple months. I, I got to go see you, because where else do you fucking see a live animal bring out a team? I mean, it's a fucking buffalo, bro. I just watched a video of a buffalo. They're up in, uh, they're going through the rut right now in Yellowstone, and it literally just destroys the fucking front of a car. Buffalo are gigantic fucking animals. Seeing seeing that in person is really cool up at CU, yeah, too. Yeah, it's, it's... I'm not going to say it's, like, the most electrifying as far as, like, get you amped up, but you're just like, holy fuck, that's a live buffalo. Like, if that yeah. sh- thing gets off of its... It's a the harness, giant animal. 1,200 pounds of yeah. muscle. Yeah. Pure fucking muscle just running. Doesn't Oklahoma do something where they ride around in they a ride, wagon Yeah, or they something? bring, like, the, the, so- or the yeah. boomer sooner scooter thing. I does does Texas do anything with a longhorn? They have or it on the sideline. Oh, it's just they, on the sideline. I, side think, I don't know, think it runs out. Mm. 
And then Georgia's got that little bulldog that they just like. The Georgia bulldog's pretty cool. Yeah. That just sits yeah. on the sideline. Bulldog's but like, but that's not like cool entrances. Right. That's Virgin- not an entrance. Virginia Tech has a fucking legit entrance. They do enter Virginia Sandman. Oh, you gotta yeah, watch yeah, that yeah. if you haven't. Um, trying to think who else has some like fucking crazy ones. Does Florida have a sick entrance? I can't remember. Florida State. Everyone's like Florida State's entrance is so cool because they have like a Indian or a Seminole dressed up that rides a horse and puts uh, a spear into the ground. I'm like, it's not that cool. That's kind of cool though. I like that. But you got to take the spear out of the ground. I'd, I'd have to watch the the little video. That you got to watch about. it. It's like I, 18 I, minutes long yeah. though, and it gets you like. You're like ready to fuck. Like get go, home yeah. before the New Mexico State game and watch. And you're just like, fuck yeah, <laughs> let's and then, go. And they're gonna be like, but when I ran out of the tunnel in college, we just ran out. And they're like, here yeah. come your Aggies, yeah. and the eight and people are like, <laughs> woo! It's that. There's like, eight, like six turn people around, clapping. Like, all right, all right, we got we got six more than we had last week. We're doing better. <laughs> it's all just family and friends. It's uh, it's Water Boy when they walk out and there's no one there. Yeah. Like okay. Well, speaking of one and eleven, that was the record of my first year at New Mexico State. One and eleven. Yeah, it's a hard, it's a hard place to recruit. My second year, <laughs> hard place to recruit. Two years combined, three wins. Well, when my alma mater's football stadium is finished with renovations, I'll drag your asses up there and we'll go watch a Western game. Yeah, for you sure. can see what D two football is all about. I like watching D two football. I went and watched um, uh, fucking. Out in Grand Junction. Um, oh, Mesa. Yeah, we Mesa. went to the Mesa game when yeah. we were there. We watched the Mesa game. It we was, need, it was entertaining. We I could like go it. to a School of Mines game. They're yeah. pretty fun. Isn't Mines usually really good, too? They're ranked second right now in the country for Division Two. I was going to say, what does D2 look like? Uh, Ferris State, who beat them in the championship game, and then Mines. And then Grand Valley State, who's always good. Pittsburgh State. Angelo State's always good. Minnesota State's good. Um... I don't know how the number 17 ranked team in here got a first place vote. Doesn't make much sense to yeah, me. Yeah, that's kind of weird. Their coach is like, I think we're the best team in the fucking country. <laughs> um, yeah, that, that's like all I know from there. Oh, you Notre Dame College. Oh, Ohio. You want to uh, – <laughs> any last-minute thoughts on uh, Idaho State for our guy, Brandon? Um, Idaho State will be lucky to win a game. I'm not even kidding. They're that bad? They're legit that bad. This is an inside source. Okay. Name won't be mentioned because it's a very small town that, you know, but inside source. Do you think we have a lot of just browsing listeners in uh, Pocatello, Idaho? We'll be lucky if we have two listeners and they'd be our friends. Yeah. Is that that a big hub for the just browsing podcast? It could be. It could be. (laughs) Finland's been like our biggest hub lately. Oh, shout out to Finland. Honestly, shout out to all of you that are listening to this shit everywhere. Yeah. You guys should comment on anything just telling us where you're listening from because the downloads make me really intrigued to say who's listening to this shit in like the Philippines or Australia or New Zealand. Like, I want to know. Let us know if you are listening to this and you're in one of those locations. That would be... It'd just be fun to know. Like, just comment on one of the Apple I if we got or how many Podbean. How many college football fans do you think we have that are like international listeners? There's got to be some. There's got to be some, but they're probably maybe roll some, tide. Maybe fans. some expats. Maybe. Yeah. Or they're like roll tide fans. Yeah. Sons of bitches. <laughs> Fucking roll tide. <laughs> All right, man. Well, I think I pretty much covered it. We we went yeah. Like a I lot said, I could talk about college stuff, football for fucking yeah. Twenty more. Hours, I'm excited. It's back, dude. It's officially back. Yeah, we and can then we do got NFL starting September seventh. Next, right? not this coming Thursday, but a week from this Thursday, we right. get the Lions and the Chiefs. Okay, I got the Lions. Lions and Chiefs. You're going Lions. 
I have the Lions in a lot of my future parlays. Oh, interesting. I have them making the playoffs. Hmm. I also have them scoring 98 points a game and losing half their games. Because that's what they did last year. They're like, yeah, we that's lost uh, 51 to 48. Happens. And it's like, how the fuck do you lose when you score 48 points? So it used to happen when Stafford was there, too. He'd have like... 390 yards passing and seven with touchdowns, four touchdowns to Calvin five Johnson. touchdowns, and they'd still lose. And you're like, okay, I don't know what you guys How did you guys with. lose that? They're like, well, you see, our defensive back slipped at the line of scrimmage before the play even started, and they just scored like a 90-yard touchdown. <laughs> and you're like, oh, okay. Didn't matter to me. I always had Stafford in fantasy, so I was like, just rack up those numbers, my guy. Just rack <laughs> up those numbers. Deep. But, no, I'm good. Um for all of you that are listening, good luck to your college teams this year unless they're playing Colorado or New Mexico State. Or unless they're Bama. Fuck Bama. Yeah, fucking roll tide. Um, <laughs> roll tide. Roll fucking tide. Uh, but, yeah, good luck to your teams this year. Maybe we'll be back next weekend probably with an NFL one. Yeah, it seems like a good time to do one. Um, we'll, we'll get you some football because I love like, coming up. football. Yeah, we got our fantasy drafts coming up and, and NFL season's – about to yeah so maybe after the cu off, so. game next week we can get together we'll throw some some games on the tvs and the computers because i can get like 12 games going at once and <laughs> yeah. do, do an nfl discussion yeah but uh yeah thanks for tuning in we'll be back next week um if you haven't seen oppenheimer go see it and then listen to our episode from last week mm, yes for sure and yeah let us know where you're listening from and what school you're repping for this college football season but thanks for tuning in, and we'll be uh, we'll be back next week. Till next time, everybody. Bye.